From Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 17, 2012, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello. To her, her immediate left, Ambone. Hello. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, that's Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. We have a great podcast uh, in store for you today. Coming up, we talk to Isaac Slade, the lead singer of The Fray. Huge mm-hmm. pop group, The Fray. So that's coming up. They have a new he, album out. He did something recently on TV, didn't he? Uh, yeah, when they have a new album coming out, they are everywhere. So when you have a new album coming out, did they you promote you promote a halftime show at the Super Bowl. You go to Leno. You go. You do Letterman. You do the relevant podcast. <laughs> so, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that uh, coming up later. We also talked to Bill Ayers of Why Hunger. Uh, so you won't want to miss that either. But at first, your entertainment releases, music coming out on Tuesday, February 21st, Sleigh Bells with Reign of Terror. I I thought that I already said that recently. No, we've played two songs by Sleigh Bells to open open two separate podcasts, which means we still have eight more to go. (laughs) Fun is coming out with Some Nights. Uh, Sinead O'Connor is still making music with How About I Be Me and You Be You. She's been going through rough times. Deal. (laughs) Deal. Uh, Field Music is coming out with Plum, uh, and Josh Ritter is coming out with Bringing in the Darlings EP, and our pick of the week. <laughs> it's our new feature. We're going to try it? to do this, yeah. Okay. Uh, Damien Gerardo with uh, Maraquapa. Is that uh, how you say it? Maraquai? That's a good album. Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai <laughs> with Sinead O'Connor. Um, <laughs> yeah, so here's a clip of uh, the new Damien Gerardo album. Good stuff. Movie releases coming out on Friday, February 24th. Wanderlust, starring Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston, which looks just as bad as Couples Retreat. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a preview for that. <sighs> yes, you How have. That it just started having previews this weekend. It's Jennifer Aniston? It TV bad. commercials all over the place. Really? I guess during basketball shows, because I have seen yeah, them. Yeah, I've seen them. Mm. Yeah. I also I, I saw Already a Brother recently, and it seems like a similar premise with some role reversal for Paul Rudd. Gotcha. Yes. Also coming out, if you aren't in the mood for that, Gone with Amanda uh, Seyfried and Jennifer Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Not a lot going on. I've never so, heard so, of that movie. Yeah, so there you go. So if you don't want to go see one of these movies, maybe go take in a basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> or Star Wars. A lot of people are just re-watching all of the Oscar films. <laughs> right, that's, that's true. true. Right Star Wars Episode One in 3D? No. Yeah. W- which, by the way, I- I'm getting very excited about the Oscar Stop Biz. Um <laughs> 
the the categories, uh, the nominations are coming together. They so, are. And I'm going to make a bold prediction that uh, Swamp People is going to be the darling. It's sort of the artist of this <laughs> year. So. They're, they're the is there an Their Uggie? commercial is really cool. Yeah, people don't know. People, normal people don't know what we're talking about. And every year after... But the weird ones do. Yeah. After, after the Oscars, uh, we decided we need to do an award show for all the people who would never win an award. All, right. the, all the TV shows and movies that will never win an award. So we, we registered a domain name, uh, oscars.biz, uh, O-S-K-A-R-Z.biz. And uh, we put our, last year, we put our winners up there. And it was a, th- a lot of things like Swamp People, right? Well, well and here, here's, here's an example of a new category this year. <laughs> Best in Show 2012, the Barehanded Fishing Long Form category. Uh, uh, so, yeah. got, so far, I have five, five nominees. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so far. far. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is, Jesse, before we roll this out, we might have to rebrand the awards show because I, I, we were contacted a month or so ago by somebody who wanted to buy the domain, and I sold it. You well, sold it? I, no. Yeah. No. Well, I, th- I was actually thinking about that because I was messing with the nominee, getting ready for the big show. Um, a lot of prep goes into this gala. And I was thinking the Oscars.biz are probably the most profitable thing the podcast has ever done. <laughs> well, you know, and the, what's sad is, like, you know, a lot of in, independent media and whatever, they go to Kickstarter to raise money and try and make it and mm-hmm. do new things. We sell Oscars.biz <laughs> to some uh, Lithuanian entrepreneur. So so what are we going to rename it? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We have to come up with a Maybe new brand. A, I can we, can we ask question. for a, a listener to sponsor the show with whatever product or business they have? Ooh. Yes, definitely. Sure, why not? Uh, can, I, can we can we can maybe, this show be sponsored? I don't know if we can do a financial transaction, but something in return for their name attached to the Oscars. Uh, I might we had to might make it like you know a dot gov this year. Or well, something. do you think we can make it Oscars dot biz dot gov? <laughs> like where the dot biz is just in the actual <laughs> URL. Dot UK. What if it's spelled out like D O T B I Z? It's Oscars dot dot biz <laughs> dot com. <laughs> but you could make it like let's say you own I, I don't know a clothing store. The you know Joe's Men's Warehouse Oscars dot dot biz dot com awards. Yeah. Well, no, I think it'll be Oscars dot biz dot com. Brought to you by the cool, refreshing flavor of Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> they should sponsor you. They should. You. That's what I'm saying. They really should. <laughs> there you go. But uh, but we're shopping the show around right now. But I will say this: the nominees are coming together, and uh, will it be next we're, we're next week's next show? week's? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. We can we can totally do it. I, I mean, it's, it's Oscars dot biz. Yeah. Well, we we, we announce yeah we yeah, announce we announce the award categories next week, and then we give listeners a week to vote. Yeah. and then we yeah. read the announcements. And, yeah, after. and then we, we read the winners the following right. week. Right. Somebody wanted a dot biz. Yes, and it was Oscars A O S K A R Z. Like you didn't even get dot It wasn't a real word. No. Would accidentally type that. No one would be looking for a website and <laughs> no. accidentally type that in, like a squatter site. Someone knowingly sought out Oscar. Stop this. They they offered us a hundred dollars for it, and I'm like, uh, yeah, because Jesse is correct. It's the most profitable thing that <laughs> podcast has ever done. That's like a five hundred percent, you know, <laughs> return on investment. There, that's perfect. Seven ninety nine <laughs> to a hundred bucks. See, I'm, I am now going to do a side business of squatting weird fake names <laughs> dot biz dot domains. Biz, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've already got my tuxedo on rental right now. Um, it'll be here for the big show. From and Mitchell's, I'm very excited. From Mitchell's former wear? 
Yeah, from it was me and a lot of people getting ready for their prom. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to find out who our sponsor is just before I decide on uh, clothing. Because yeah. <laughs> you might be in very well. I'm really I'm really hoping for Tommy Bahama. Ooh. Oh, yeah. oh, nice! Little so Rick, casual, Warren, Rick Warren will be the host. <laughs> a little casual <laughs> beachwear. It's sort of like the Pro Bowl of award shows. Yeah, at that exactly. <laughs> the oh. Pro Bowl, which is why well, you Bo- know everyone wears Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. Boomer Esiason will be our MC. Yeah, that'd be cool. No, Rick Warren's the MC. Boomer spot Tommy Bahama shirt. <laughs> he can sponsor the after party. Yeah. Okay. Rick Warren's after yeah. party. <laughs> the the yeah. purpose driven after party. <laughs> Actually, at Tommy Bahama's, the restaurant. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll well hopefully, all year. of the award winners. I will say, you know, there's some pretty big names up for the Lifetime Achievement Award this year. Oh. Uh, not only. I, should, should I wait or should I just tease? Tease. Okay. Um,. Buster from Mythbusters has been nominated for Lifetime Achievement. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. He's the dummy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe hey, Rogan. Hey, hey, we don't Joe call them Ro- dummies. We call them less intelligent people. <laughs> and it's for his contribution as a jelly headed dummy that lets us realistically imagine what a Civil War era cannon, laser accident, or action movie explosion would do to a real human body. <laughs> so he's made a major contribution. Joe Rogan. Uh, is in the Lifetime Achievements. You know, even, um, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but just I just want to make sure people set their calendar because the Oscars dot dot biz dot com awards. (laughs) (laughs) So your your dream is apparently hosting a, uh, a, uh, you know, award show like this. My, I, I realized this week on YouTube what my dream is in life. The fulfillment of everything that I would love like when I'm on my deathbed and I look back, if I had this one minute happen to me, mm. I know that I've accomplished it all. So <laughs> if you, if I you, like that the podcast has just become Eminem's "Lose Yourself" in 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. So okay. So I want to play a clip for you. I found this on YouTube. You'll appreciate this, Jesse. This this last week, uh, Will Ferrell and and some other people were filming a movie in New Orleans, and so they were going to a bunch of Hornets games. They were actually there when the Magic played them and. I saw this. I and so, so they were playing the Chicago Bulls and they handed the mic to Will Ferrell to do the player introductions. Uh, here's a clip of him announcing the, the Hornets players. Get on your feet and greet your New Orleans Hornets! <laughs> At forward 6'10 from Mexico, he doesn't speak a lick of English, but we still love him. Gustavo Io! <laughs> At forward, 6'8 from UCLA. He still loves to listen to Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> Trevor Ariza! I love how mad they all look, too. <laughs> At center, 6'10 from Connecticut, where he majored in econ, but he minored in love. <laughs> At guard, 6-5 from Italy. Ironically, he hates Italian food. Marco Bellinelli. Okafer likes it. He's laughing. At guard, 6-3 from Georgia Tech. After basketball, his dream is to become a rodeo clown. <laughs> Jared! Yeah. Okay, play the yeah, Chicago Bulls ones. Those are better. Because if you thought none of the Hornets were laughing, none of the Bulls were laughing. If you think that was bad, here's, here's him announcing the opposing team, the Bulls. 
But first, the visiting Chicago Bulls. <laughs> At forward, number five, he still lives with his mother, Carlos Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> At forward, number nine, he collects rare birds. He has a pet dolphin named Chachi. Luol Deng. <laughs> At center number 13, he's a Scorpio and a horrible dancer, Joaquin Noah. <laughs> Edgar, number 11, he once ate 20 hot dogs in an hour, Ronnie Brewer. Edgar, number one, his favorite movie is The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> See, ah, there was amazing. A, a convergence of yeah. all things I love in my life yeah. right there. Oh, like that. Ron Burgundy, <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. doesn't it make you realize like what, how much better the NBA could be? If, <laughs> yeah. They just did a little ABA and one thing yeah. where they had like Will Ferrell or some guy like insulting the players from the sideline the, the entire whole game. game. Yeah, that would be great actually. That would result in another uh, like melee on the sidelines. It would, <laughs> yeah, it would but, take but about I can two weeks. That would but... also make the NBA <laughs> I, think, I would probably watch a lot more games. I think David Stern disagrees with you. <laughs> more melees, more Will Ferrell. Anyway, so so hey Jesse, if you could weave some of that into your Oscars.biz.com awards next week, I, I, what I'll do is I'll just email Will um, and see if he can do a little. <laughs> Maybe he could be the host with he could co-host with Rick Warren. Oh, <laughs> yeah how how great would that be to have Rick Warren and Will Ferrell uh, co-host together? Rick's really funny. I it, don't know. It would be like having Billy Crystal and Steve Martin do the show. I wish they did this year. Uh, oh no, I guess they did the Grammys. I was just, I'm thinking of the Grammys. LL did it. I counted. He licked his lips 117 times. <laughs> <laughs> I realized he was did it. Be, he did that because it's on CBS and he's on their show. Yeah, and he's music. And, right. And so he would. They... Here's what I honestly think: a 68 year old guy is the decision maker, and he goes, "Oh, we'll put that young guy, that young actor. He'll bring in the younger viewers. He has cool in his name. Right. Right. Yeah. Like they, they didn't know. I, I mean, a 68 year old guy clearly selected the music. They started off with Bruce Springsteen. You, you ended with Paul McCartney. You had a Glenn Campbell tribute and then you had, um, the beach boys, the beach boys. It was like geriatric rock. And then Foo Fighters had two sets. He's in his forties now. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you have like all the old guys doing the guitars at the end. Yeah, it's and like, he had no idea that Chris Brown and uh, Rihanna had any history because Chris Brown had two performances as well. This is insane. The beach boys yeah. performance was really disappointing. It really was. I was that so excited. I was so it. excited. When so they announced it. If you're over 60, Brian Wilson barely did anything during the beach boys performance. Was is that the guy with the big gobble neck? The guy at the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Like pop god. Yeah. But didn't do anything. He's the, I mean, he and the fight with whatever, what's his name? Love. Um, the guy with the Beach Boys yeah. embroidered hat. They, in the front. Yeah. Like they've been feuding for like 30 years. They're so like that's the, the old version. They didn't even the, look at each other. They're yeah. like the old version of the Gallagher brothers. I mean, they hate, e they hate <laughs> each other. It's why, I mean, it's why the Beach Boys haven't reunited in, you yeah. know, four decades. No. It's because they're terrible. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> The Beach Boys? The yes. Beach Boys? Yes. Pet Sounds is one of the greatest five albums Ever of all since time. the show Gidget went off the air, they have been irrelevant. <laughs> Uncle Jesse brought it back for a while. The Flying Nun. Fine. That's true. Pet Sounds is such a good album. So I think you're equating the career of the Beach Boys to Sally Field's career. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> she was when a Harry delight, met man. Sally was a, a little blip with Kokomo with the Beach Boys. <laughs> so <laughs> you can literally <laughs> parallel the Sally Fields film career to the Beach Boys relevance. Yeah, well, one day they're releasing Pet Sounds, an unbelievable album. The next day they're doing Boniva commercials. <laughs> All I know of the Beach Boys is the song Kokomo. It's the same era that Red Red Wine was out. Great song. Uh, and um, Red Red Wine. I was in seventh grade. <laughs> it's a famous podcast closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed in McCartney's performance too. I mean, like, even though it's totally cliche, how are you not going to close with Hey Jude? I know. Because like, yeah. he, I mean, have you seen him on SNL? He's awful. Paul McCartney's current era is he needs to well stop. his current I, stuff, but he was playing all Beatles songs at the end. Yeah, oh, was he? He picked the wrong ones. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I agree. The whole the, the the collaborations were just very awkward. Yeah, I was so disappointed in how the Grammys this year portrayed the state of music because there was so much good music last year, and like they ignored almost all of it. I mean, they got Bonnie Vera right, and it was nice that the Civil War's got thirty seconds, but and Adele. And Adele was great. Yeah, yeah. good. I but mean, for I mean, a pop performance. So. But still, I mean, but they that missed... Nicki Minaj thing was just like <laughs> beyond was... just being shock value yeah. and you know purposely you know sacrilegious. It was just dumb. Yeah, like it was just. I mean, like, bloated and 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 stupid. You I know? liked I liked a lot of Nicki Minaj's last album, but that performance, like, I mean, yeah, like was, you said, in addition to it being like semi-offensive especially to Roman Catholics like it was also like it just sucked like the yeah. music wasn't yeah good. I'm saying that objective yeah totally just like that was just lame she you know she she clearly wanted to like put herself in the tier of that cultural moment of like a gaga or whatever or Madonna, of, like, yeah. you know, everybody yeah. talks about forever yeah. and it, it, it what what it illuminated was the problem when an artist gets too much power and is surrounded by yes men mm-hmm. and nobody says that is a terrible idea and they're all like, oh, yeah, what a visionary. And it's just, no, that is terrible. And especially on a night when you had such a moving Jennifer Hudson song. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. And then Adele, yeah. where it's the power of artists. And then you look at what Minaj did, which was just complete like smoke and mirrors. And like, I have to try so hard yeah. to be noticed. It was, it just reeked of desperation, let alone the sacrilegious offensiveness right. of it. It you, just reeked of pathetic desperation. You, you know what it reminded me of? Have you, did you guys see get him to the Greek? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it, it reminded me of that music video he did at the beginning <laughs> where he became basically like they were parodying that idea yeah. that at some point, like a, a, an actual good artist will be so surrounded, like Cameron was saying, by yes men that they lose any sort of accountability to do the worst thing ever yeah. and think that it's good. Well, and know? it reminded me too, like, I mean, you know, Madonna. Madonna's made a career out of pushing buttons, like in particular the rel- religious buttons, but like, like a prayer is at least a good song, like. I mean, Nicki Minaj's was just bad. Yeah. It was it was an unfunny Spinal Tap performance. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like <laughs> you know, first, where they bring out Stonehenge. Yeah. You know, when she first started rapping, it was okay, but then it just devolved into chaos, and I had no idea what was going on anymore. Uh, we were not Christians. Were not the only ones completely turned off by the yeah. Minaj performance. Mm-hmm. By the way, because I follow mainly basketball and sports people on Twitter, and they were all like. Like what the heck, you know? And and then Brandon Jennings, he plays for the Bucks. He tweeted like, "That was amazing." And and, uh, and and one of the one of the national sports writers, I think, an ESPN guy, retweeted it and goes, "This is why you're not an all star." <laughs> yeah, it's awesome.
Anyway, all right. Well, that's it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. This week's podcast is sponsored by World Vision Acts. This Lent, join us for Relentless Acts of Sacrifice, a series of six creative challenges to explore what it looks like to put others before ourselves in our day-to-day lives. Each week, Acts will be posting a video and a challenge to inspire you to live sacrificially in your everyday lives. To learn more, go to worldvisionacts.org slash Lent 2012. You're listening to the Black Keys. The song is Gold on the Ceiling. Oh, they wrote it about my bathroom. <laughs> I have a very ornate bathroom. Um, at, the, at the beginning of the podcast. I thought it was funny. It made me instantly think of the most insane bathroom ever. That you have a gold ceiling. Like, what else is in there? Like, your bathtub carved of ivory. Yeah. I have a pet dolphin named Chachki that, that, that lives in the ivory bathtub. He's very sick. <laughs> he lives in a tiny tub. He's so. very, very fat. He has no exercise. He looks like Jabba the Hutt. It'd be the best, if you had a bathroom like that, it'd be the best to uh, have the bathroom on the ground floor and make sure your bedroom is on the second floor, and then you build a water slide into the bathtub from your bedroom. <laughs> but then I'd run into Chotsky. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a soft landing. because You just have to now. build a big enough pool. <laughs> That's big enough yeah, if it's big, big enough, enough, you don't bathtub, need to worry yeah. about it. So I bathe with marine animals who <laughs> defecate and, and urinate exactly. in the water. Exactly. That's why. I mean, you're gonna have to make some sacrifice. That's why I have such the... uniquely textured skin. I mean, isn't dolphin yeah. pee cleaner than water? <laughs> oh my god! Depends on what you feed the dolphin. <laughs> gold. And I only feed him gold flakes. So yes. If I had if I had a a water slide that went into like my bathtub or shower area, I'd probably take like five showers a day. <laughs> Okay, if you had a water slide that went in your shower area, you, you're going to have a lot of injuries. <laughs> no, no, I would have it designed in such a way. So I would like splash down into a pool and it would be like a little wave pool and I'd just like go into the shower area. Okay. You know? gotcha. but like, like a gentle slope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to take a really good like aquatic engineer yeah. to develop this. The, but the, if I got gold ceilings, I think I can afford uh, a well-designed slide. The key to it all is the gentle slope. Yeah. Yes. It really is. Yeah. yeah. You don't want a big drop off. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you're at OK Go <laughs> with needing slash getting. Uh, both of these videos are playing right now on relevant.tv. Is that the one with the car? Oh, that's yes, the coolest is. music video I've ever seen. It really is. It is. You should go watch it. The yeah, coolest. Yeah. No, it really is. The of all time. Thriller, Janet Jackson's, you know, Something. Rhythm Nation. <laughs> yeah. DC Talk Jesus Freak. <laughs> of all time, OK Goes, Needing Slash Getting is the I, best music video ever I think made. It's, the, it's, well, it's, yes. I mean, wow. In terms of like, not I just mean, ones that are occurring to you right now. You're but, saying, but, no, 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 no. I'm headline. just saying like, it doesn't have a story like some great music videos do, but it is like the most inventive. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. I feel like OK Go is more well known for the, you could put the video on yeah. mute. Yeah. And they would still just be but, just as popular. Well, and know? that's the thing is this, I think, blows anything else they've ever done out of the water. Like and all their other videos. Yeah. Music videos. Ever since the treadmill thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. 
That's some that's some high praise. It's really cool. Have they entered it as a short in any film festivals? I don't know. Like the Oscars. I can make a category. Best <laughs> muted YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Best muted YouTube videos. I'll try. I'll, I'll try to put that together. I think that'll be you know like an auxiliary category this year. You know, we'll test it out. If it does well, we'll we'll add it to the show permanently. So for people to vote on them, they would have to. Th- you know, follow the link, mute their computer, mute and watch their computer them. and watch the okay. video, all right. and then then watch them all, and then come vote. Okay, yeah. I, I expect integrity in the Oscars.biz voting. I mean, Oscars.biz.com. Yeah, my apologies yeah. <laughs> to whoever's sponsoring this. Yeah. I'm just I'm just taking the value of the real Oscars.biz way up right now. I know. I I, I should have held out. We agreed to 100 bucks after this promo. I could have gotten at least 105. Maybe one ten. And when you're talking about a seven ninety nine domain, that's a pretty big spike in the investment and <laughs> in the payout. All right, uh, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, uh, speaking of of good payouts, uh, there's a there's a company, a marketing company that's called Brainiacs from Mars, which is an awesome name for a company um, that has come up with a way to advertise their brand and how good they are at marketing. They will pay the mortgage on your house in exchange for repainting the outside and putting their branding all over it. Wow. Um, and so the, the first people that they've done this for is a, uh, uh, is a couple. And unfortunately, Brainiacs from Mars, um, their colors are pretty similar to the Mountain Dew colors. <laughs> so it's very bright, very green. And you also have like the Facebook icon, Twitter, YouTube, and like a QR code right there and a massive logo. But like I said, in exchange for this insane looking house, you get your mortgage pay more, paid for for the duration that your house is a massive billboard. So I take it your house is a massive billboard now. Yes, I have contacted <laughs> Brainiac from Mars and uh, they, they are doing the paint job as we speak. Wow. No one would judge you for that. Uh, well, I mean, it, this is America. It's my land. <laughs> it's like back you know? at, back uh, 10 years ago when the wrapping of cars mm-hmm. first emerged. There yeah. were companies in certain urban centers that would uh, give you the car for free if yeah. you drove it, if you drove enough and, you know, whatever. But I that, totally that kinda... would. I would have done it for not even a free car. I would have done it, I think, just if they would just buy gas. I think I would have my car wrapped. I would not care. <laughs> yeah, I th- and unless unless it's like a product that I would feel weird about driving around in. I think Cialis. I think that's <laughs> yeah. Jesse shows it's up in the bathtub. It's Jesse. the silhouette of the bathtub on the side of the Jesse car. Jesse shows up in the Cialis mobile. Yeah, no, on hey the guys, passenger sorry, I'm four side, hours it's late. the dude in the bathtub on the on the uh, on the driver's side. It's the or vice versa or whatever. There's one bathtub on each side. Yeah. Plus, if you had the Cialis mobile, you'd be ready to go at any time. <laughs> Anytime that the moment is Yeah, right. anytime the moment's right. Place, they would look yeah. like the Seattle's NASCAR, <laughs> which would be kind of cool. What do you have, Mike? Um, I have two slices today. Whoa. What up, yo? Uh, my first one is uh, during the Grammys, they, uh, Chipotle did a commercial on um, how their, the, the meat they serve is uh, humanely raised. That came out like nine months ago. They just finally put it on the air, though. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it... You know, it went viral. It, it got a really good mm-hmm. response for it being on um, the Grammys, right? The Grammys, right? Yeah. So apparently, it was like the highlight of the night. Yeah, it was better than that, anything. It was on better the than the Beach yeah. Boys. Yeah. Way better than anything on the Grammys. It, 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 we ranked them Adele, Chipotle, <laughs> <laughs> Civil Wars, and, and followed by Little Wayne's slippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, because of because of this, it's brought a lot of um, attention. And McDonald's, as of uh, this week, McDonald's is pushing for their farmers to be to make a kinder McRib sandwich. Really? Really. Does that they, mean no McRib? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know the McRib was real meat. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's, it's shaped like ribs, but there's no bone, so I'm very confused by it. I bet they could switch the McRib out for Saitan and nobody would notice. Yeah. I heard that McDonald's was also working to use no more of the pink sludge stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pink sludge. It's it's some it's in some of these food documentaries, I guess, where they have part of their patties are are meat, but then they I fill it the in chicken. with the pink sludge. I think it's basically looks like yeah. clock. Yeah, it's like I think it's the chicken. It like is. it's the chicken nuggets because it's like this pink stuff. And then it goes into a form shape. But I mean, it's, all, it's all meat. It's just like pureed meat. Yeah. And then they reshape it. And it's, it's so gross. I mean, that's I mean, how the McRib is shaped. I mean, no, I know. I mean, I've never eaten a McRib. But, I mean, but, but the implication is like we're going to do a campaign where, I mean, the, the McRib is, is made pretty savagely right now. But we're going to try to ask these guys <laughs> to make it a little bit more humane, you know? And I like that it's not required. It's just a request. <laughs> yeah. So they want them to stop having them being confined and letting them be raised in um, open areas and stuff. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, My second slice is that the Mattel toy maker people are um, taking pre-orders to buy a uh, hoverboard prop replica from Back to the Future. Oh, prop replica. It doesn't actually hover. It doesn't actually hover. But you can uh, pre-register, pre-order them uh, between March first and March twentieth. What's the this point? Year? It's just a slab of wood sitting in your corner. It's uh, it's like the it's like if someone ordered those it, Nike mags and was it, like, "Sweet auto tying," <laughs> and they got them. They paid like fifteen hundred bucks, and yeah. they don't even do, have the automatic lacing. You know those furniture movers you put under stuff to help them like go across the carpet. Yeah, it looks like that's what's on there. It says it glides over most services, so you like would jump on it and it glide over your carpet. But it says does not work on water. <laughs> oh, so you it does glide. So it's like the furniture mover. Like thing. the furniture so movers, yeah. yeah. But I, I could, you know what? I can make one. I can just buy furniture movers and right. a pizza box. And there we go. I got <laughs> a go. Back to the Future hoverboard. Right. Well, um, so it's going to look just like the movie, but a certain, they don't say how much it costs and they don't say how many pre-orders they need, but they have to like hit a minimum number before they'll actually make them. It's like a Kickstarter. But you could, yeah. It is, but you could get it in uh, Christmas this year. If the world doesn't end. How much before. is it selling for? They don't say yet. So how can you pre-order? Um, you go to maddiecollector.com to pre-order on, starting on March 1st. I'm assuming it's for people who have for yeah. people who have Disposable uh, gold ceilings in their bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dolphins. <laughs> yeah. A couple of That's the market they're going for. A couple of the members of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> he there collects exotic birds. <laughs> <laughs> the dolphin named Chachi. And he gets to the shower by a water slide. <laughs> Yeah, that's not an insult. That's just awesome. Yeah. 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 All right. What do you have, Ryan? All right. Uh, mine is, uh, I mean, we've been talking about music so much and uh, it's made me think of it is, um, so uh, we all know, obviously Whitney Houston passed away last weekend and, um, and Sony music has come under fire this week because uh, 30 minutes after the news about Houston's passing was announced, uh, they jacked up the price of her greatest hits collection on iTunes by sixty percent. Yeah. So uh, they, so basically, like she died. They announced it thirty minutes later. The price went from well, and this it's from it was in the British iTunes store. It increased from five pounds to eight pounds. Um, and then 
after people freaked out, Apple lowered the price back to where it was on Sunday. But it's just one of those things where it's like, like big music companies are always trying to tell us, you know, like we care about you and we care about music. And it's we like, <laughs> and then it's like stuff like this. And it's just like, I mean, basically it's saying you should feel totally justified if you steal our music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you steal, it's from a big evil yeah. <laughs> When you steal, it's not that bad because we hate every person who's made music for us. <laughs> it's just like yeah one of those yeah that's sad yeah I mean 30 minutes at least wait a day <laughs> <laughs> or not at all yeah, yeah or not I mean or not at all but I mean if you're gonna be that greedy you know 24 yeah. hours it's kind of a music themed podcast today oh alright that'll do it for Slices stay tuned up next Isaac Slade from The Fray You're listening to the Decemberists. The song is One Engine. Uh, it's from the Hunger Games soundtrack. The Fray is uh, a pop band from Denver. Uh, the band formed in 2002 uh, by schoolmates Isaac Slade and Joe King uh, and then released their debut in 05 called How to Save a Life. It was certified double platinum featuring the hits uh, Over My Head and How to Save a Life. You know the songs. Their second album came out in 08 uh, and it had the hit song You Found Me. You know that song too. And they've just released their third full-length album. It's called Scars and Stories. Uh, Isaac Slade is a band's lead singer, uh, pianist, main songwriter. The guys are strong believers. Uh, Isaac's a great guy, and uh, we're excited for their new album. He recently spoke to our very own Heather Meikle. Here is the phrase Isaac Slade. has a very different sound from from what people may be used to from you guys as a band. Do you think that this is indicative of where you're headed as musicians, or was this just something new that you were trying out for this album? I guess there is different. I don't think of it like that. I think of it as uh, bigger, I guess, and in the in the best way possible, you know. And we, we decided to work with a different producer to change up the energy in the studio and to kind of push us harder you know we made two great records with the other two producers we worked with and there was just there's a little bit of a familiarity there that we wanted to kind of strip away and make make ourselves uncomfortable and and our producer brendan was you know kind of a football coach he just he cheered at the right times he yelled at us at the right times but he believed in us more than we believed in ourselves and it, it sort of that contained that confidence was contagious and uh, we didn't really set out to make a certain sound. He mixed the record as well, and um, he's a guitar guy <laughs> with, the, with all the work he's done with uh, Rick Rubin and back in the day, and then all the bands he's produced with you know, Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam. So he, he turned the pianos down uh, 
this cool dialogue between between the guitars and the vocals. So you guys have a band have this kind of unique niche where you're able to slide into the Christian subculture, even though you're not a Christian band. Um, and it was funny because you found me when it came out, was played on radio stations that were solely Christian radio stations. Um, and it was kind of new because that song dealt with the struggles of faith rather than like the benefits or, or you know, just being completely happy in your faith. Um, and in that song, you asked a lot of questions. Now, with this album and having traveled, you know, looking back, do you feel like you have any answers to those? Uh, I have more questions than I did before. Um, I think I'm beginning to accept that faith starts with mystery, childlike wonder at what the world is. And then it goes into sort of all the, the different paths of life. I'm not sure what they are, but probably something like discipline and prayer or something. And then uh, knowledge, you know. And then at the end of life, as you as you come to the close, I think it goes all the way back around to mystery again. Mm-hmm. I think it's got back. He was, he was talking about how everybody wants their faith to be increasingly rigid, increasingly mm-hmm. understood. And it just isn't. You can try. But you know, you, you kind of find yourself at the end of the ball game, knowing less than you did during the first inning. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the mystery of it. I'm okay with the, the fact that science and technology still don't know what gravity is. We know how it behaves. We know, you know what to expect, but we don't know why the atom. We don't know what's holding the atoms together. Mm-hmm. And. I think similarly with, with space, we don't. There's a lot of things we don't know, and and that's okay. Be still and know that I'm with you. Be still and know that I'm here. Be still and know that I'm with you. Be still. Initially, people wanted to label the phrase a Christian band because of your individual beliefs, not necessarily because of the content of what you were making. Um, and you guys resisted that. Why do you think it's it's important to establish the difference between um, Christian art and Christians who make art? Christian art has become a higher cliche genre in a lot of ways. It's threatened to become a, a ghetto that once you're established there, you can't get out of. And I know people that have tried to get out of and they can't. And um, I think it comes from a fundamental flaw in Christian teaching that in the world and not of it really means don't be in the world and and you won't be of it. (laughs) So, you know, growing up, I was just sheltered and hidden away from the evils of mainstream culture. Meanwhile, raised on some very limited diet of of Christian art that you know God bless Petra but I wish I had <laughs> I wish I had the Beatles 
and I didn't. That was Isaac Slade. To check out more of this interview, head over to relevantmagazine.com. We have a Q&A there. And we also are going to be featuring uh, Isaac in the May issue of Relevant. I know it's a ways away, but we're getting giving you the early preview now because their album just came out. Uh, so make sure to subscribe and check out the full interview in Relevant. listening to Wild Nothing. The song is Nowhere. In 1975, singer Harry Chapin and uh, radio talk show host Bill Ayers co-founded Why Hunger? To educate people about hunger and poverty by asking two critical why questions. A, why is there hunger in a world that can feed itself? And B, why is there so much hunger in the USA, the richest country in the history of the world? Since then, Why Hunger has been a leader in building the movement to end hunger and poverty by connecting people to nutritious, affordable food and supporting grassroots solutions that inspire self-reliance and community empowerment. Uh, Why Hunger also partners with musicians like Bruce Springsteen and Santana and others who collect donations and volunteer at Why Hunger partner organizations while on tour. Bill Ayers is co-founder and executive director. He recently spoke to our very own Ashley Emmert. Here is Bill Ayers of Why Hunger. So can you give some background on Why Hunger and how it came to be? Uh, The late Harry Chapin, I don't know if you're too young to remember him. Uh, He was my friend and partner, and we started uh, what was then called World Hunger in 1975. The initial idea uh, was to uh, work on hunger around the world. We were particularly interested in famine that was taking place in Africa, and we were working with the UN to do a concert similar to the Bangladesh concert. That didn't work out. And then we decided that uh, we had done a lot of work and study and, you know, started to make friends and partners with different people who work in the hunger movement. And uh, I said to Harry, this is never going to be solved by an event. We need to make a commitment to spend the rest of our lives doing this. And so anyway, we started the organization in 1975. Uh, one of the first things that we did was to uh, talk to the, a whole bunch of congressmen. And we got the president, President Carter at the time, to do the first presidential commission on world hunger. Then the president didn't get reelected, and all of that sort of <clears throat> went down the tubes. But uh, what we had learned in the meantime was are two things. One is that the root cause of hunger is poverty. And the root cause of poverty is powerlessness. And we believe that uh, the solutions come largely from the bottom up. So we try to help these organizations that are right on the cutting edge. Uh, some of the folks who are not just giving people a sandwich or a bag of food, but are helping people to become self-reliant. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned in your time at Why Hunger? The first one is that you've got to do things from the community up. 
you cannot come up with some great idea and then think that everybody's going to jump on it and think it's wonderful and be able to do it. So you really need to get the support of the community before any real change can happen. The other thing is that uh, it's just something that I feel strongly about is that there is no silver bullet, there's no one thing you can do to end hunger, that it's a multi-level approach. Another thing that goes along with that is what I call everyone at the table, and I actually wrote a song about this. The, the line of the song goes, everyone at the table in America, we need everyone at the table. Uh, and then the other line is that there's room for everyone at the table. And the only way that there is room for everyone at the table is everybody comes to the table to bring something. So this notion that all of the sectors of society have to jump in. We need the government, we need the businesses, we need the uh, artists, we need to especially need the community-based organizations, the uh, faith-based organizations, and it's when they work together that you can solve the problem, not when they fight with each other or try to do it on their own. That was Bill Ayers. To check out the entire interview uh, about Why Hunger, you can find it at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You're listening to Shearwater. The song is Animal Life from their new album, Animal Joy. They're having a lot of fun today on Valentine's Day. They're very joyful. I'm very happy for them. They collect exotic birds. (laughs) (laughs) They have a water slide in the bathroom. (laughs) I still don't think that's as much of an insult as you're portraying it to be. I'm not saying it's an insult. I'm just saying that's an eccentric personality. Okay. Yeah, it's not necessarily insulting, but I don't know if it's exactly a compliment. No, uh, no, no. Wait. He's got a gold-plated ceiling in his bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like, what kind of sociopath would spend that kind of money on a bathroom ceiling out of gold? Uh, I actually saw a special on HGTV called, like, it was, like, over-the-top bathrooms, and there was this uh, European guy who With the bidet. who who loved gold. And so every, I love gold. everything in his bathroom <laughs> was plated in gold and uh, like, like down to like he dipped his hairbrush in the gold and wow. stuff like so everything in his bathroom, his shower was gold tiles, like literally the entire thing. And the shower alone was $1.3 million. <laughs> and it wasn't even a big shower. It was like a small shower, but it was all gold tile. And uh, and everything. And he said his bathroom was worth about $15 million, but he didn't care. Like, he wasn't worried about the money because he just loves being ensconced in gold. Wow. Oh, I was going to say, when the world, when every world currency crashes, this guy's bathroom. Who's going to be laughing? The guy in the gold bathroom. <laughs> this guy. But he said, uh, gold gives you good energy and brings you good luck. And so he wants to live his life surrounded by gold. <laughs> but I can just imagine, Jesse, like in the scenario you're presenting, I just imagine this like sad Dutch guy being like, but all my gold is covered in urine. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in there that all of it was covered? I don't know. I'm okay. just saying. <laughs> all right. He's eccentric. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, the, when I watched it, I thought once this thing airs, 
It's going to be like those zombie movies where people are like coming through the windows <laughs> and stuff to come because they're going to like know. chipping away yeah. bath tiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, chipping. That's exactly this, this right. This bath tile. Uh, yeah, gold's $1,500 an ounce. And I would, take one bath tile. I would want to make, make sure, too, that any any currency he made from his bathroom that he'd melted beforehand because it's like, I'm not touching your soap scum gold. Any, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, please tell me what part of the urinal this is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I'm sorry. Did you make sure that you both burned and disinfected this before I took it out of your hand? <clears throat> why, why, why are we talking about this? This is not why people download this podcast. I think uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, we, we talked about the fact that Newt Gingrich uh, has actually put it out there. That he wants to put a, a base on the moon by 2020. Um, and so we want to hear from you. What other uh, absurdly awesome platform ideas would you like to hear presented uh, from the current presidential hopefuls? So you went over to the podcast episode page and posted your replies there. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, Jordan Bishop, he said he doesn't. He's not really sure if this is a quote unquote platform, but he he says he would. He thinks we would all like to see Gary Busey as vice vice president. Um, and Ron Paul would probably be down for that. And if, if there's anything we've realized from having Joe Biden as the vice president, then it probably doesn't matter if Busey is too. Um, <laughs> and he said that he would also give Busey control of the Senate. And by control, he means all capitals control. T Money 9000 uh, uh, literally took the platform idea literally. It's and he money. says uh, Romney could have a platform where he just stands on the backs of poor people. Wow. Oh, Rick Santorum that. could stand on just a pile of cash that he's I'm made from lobbying. Somehow guessing he's uh, T Money 9000 is not a Republican. <laughs> uh, Ron Paul doesn't believe in platforms. Um, or he's a libertarian. <laughs> Michelle Bachman, uh, her platform would be that big pile of hair she's been saving from all her haircuts since she was 16 and wanted to be president. She <laughs> knew it would be worth something someday, and she was right. Uh, and he says, I don't exactly know what Rick Perry's platform would be made of. See, he's taking this. <laughs> what, what, I, we didn't ask, a, a literal platform. We, did, we didn't ask like what a, their platform would be made of. We had, uh, Anyway, I don't know what it would be made of per se, but I do know it would be wrapped in leather and have rivets and leather tassels. Rivets. <laughs> uh, Isaac uh, Lar- Lagarda uh, said that his platform would be that Spanglish is the only American language. Um, which seems a little extreme, maybe the third American language. Uh, but he says that, uh, so all high school Spanish that you never use, but you know, you still remember a few phrases. So you would be in sentences like Kira a taco, a taco with queso, which would mean I want to taco with cheese or Vato, donde esta my car as in dude, where's my car? Interesting. No, the Republicans would never do that. No. Uh, sorry, Jacob Nunley that I messed up the date for explosions in the sky. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> they always do. It's always yeah, embarrassing. The, the, why check our facts when we have a feedback page? <laughs> if you want to join in the conversation, check out last week's episode page at the website. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier you heard a little sample of my dream. <laughs> uh, so we want you to write player introductions for Will Ferrell or Ron Burgundy <laughs> to say at other NBA games. We, uh, you know, we're in tight with, with the old Ron, though. Well, I call him Ron and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the old Willie. 
and um, and and uh, we we figured we'd float these to him, and he's just gonna probably just start traveling the country doing player arena to arena, yeah, yeah. kind of like Quick Change. He and Quick Change are gonna <laughs> <laughs> just travel the country. Together. Quick Change gets me every time. I do not know how they do it. Do you think those halftime? It's worth the price, the worth the admission to the basketball game for five minutes of Quick t- Change at halftime. So, do you think he's mostly going? I mean, I know he was in New Orleans for a movie, but I mean, like the fact that he's done, doing it for the Hornets, like. I mean, that's pretty much what they have to hold on to this season. <laughs> like, so maybe he should just go to teams that are under 500. Oh, <laughs> struggling to get like yeah. the Kings. Because it's like, at least that's going to get some attendance. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's it, Will Ferrell introduction yeah, night. Okay. I would go to a Kings game. He, he does like Will a Ferrell long stay that. in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> a two-year residence in Well, if, looking at the worst team in the league, he's going to set up camp in Charlotte and just be there the rest yeah. of the uh, the season. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, he's just roasting Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys been? To, I'm sorry, to derail. Have you guys been to that blog where it's like WTF Michael Jordan wearing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like all these insane, like massively baggy, weird jeans. I'm looking crazy at this right blazers. Now. I'll l- look up the link later, but uh, it would be funny for Will Ferrell to do a bit and just roast. Michael Jordan at Bobcats games. I would think that uh, Michael Jordan does not have a sense of humor about himself. That's why it'd be funny. <laughs> because you, the camera would just zoom in on Michael Jordan's face while Will Ferrell is saying these one-liners. Oh, this, is this is amazing. Oh, man. This, this is, is incredible. So All the hashtags are hilarious, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, get back on track. Okay, so we want you to write player introductions that Will Ferrell will say. At other NBA games. Yes. Go to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Post your replies in the comments there, and we will. I'm very much looking forward to this. Read our favorites and Will Ferrell voices on the <laughs> podcast next week. Many thanks for Isaac Slade of The Fray uh, for talking to us. Uh, check out their brand new album. It's out now, it's uh, exploding already. It's everywhere. And you can also find out more at thefray.net. And thanks to Bill Ayers of Why Hunger for talking to us. If you want to find out more about the organization and what they're doing, how to get involved, uh, check out whyhunger.org. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. If I had a, a water slide that went into like my bathtub or shower area, I'd probably take like five showers a day.